Indeed, there are more questions than answers. Like, why can't we live in a world with cats and dogs living together? Hi, America. Hello, world. <laughs> My name is Adrian Lee, and I am your host. Welcome to the show, More Questions Than Answers, the only paranormal quiz show anywhere in the world. Each week, my guests and I will search the world's newspapers, websites, and TV shows just for you to bring you the very best in paranormal talk entertainment and enlightenment. We will then test each other's knowledge of the week's events of the Mysterio! Strange. Supernatural, unusual, bizarre. <laughs> and just plain weird. If you have just tuned in especially to hear the show, then I admire your taste. If you have just tuned in by accident, then I admire your luck. I am huddled under my quilt with a large flashlight and a nice cup of tea with tonight's guests, somewhere in the barren wildernesses of the Midwest Plains, with the sound of my elderly mother snoring distantly from the room next door. I actually think that was her death rattle. So when this show's finished, in about an hour, we'll go and check on her and see how she is. So snuggle under your covers, turn out your light, and hold on tight. The rules are very simple will be awarded randomly for being interesting and for making me laugh or shiver in horror. Extra points will be available for shock and awe value. To help me control my rowdy panel of recidivists and reprobates, I will employ what I have called the inappropriate bell. An example of this would be... <laughs> just had a bit of, bit of premature bell action there. Just not... An example. Sorry, ladies, this has never happened to me before. Perhaps we could try again. An example of this would be... Ah! Got there in the end. The panel have no idea what's coming, and I have no idea what stories they have for tonight's show. So let me start by introducing tonight's guests. Firstly, the mysterious and effervescent Heather Morris. She has been a paranormal investigator for many years with her own team called Hellhound Investigations, and does all of her best work in the shadows. Mm -hmm. She is now one of the leading audio and DVP experts with the International Paranormal Society, and brings her knowledge and research skills to tonight's show. Heather realised this week that when she dies, she hopes there's just enough time to point to a complete stranger and whisper, You did this. Welcome <laughs> to the show, Heather. You've been reading my diary again, haven't you? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Some of the illustrations are quite remarkable. <laughs> I would also like to introduce the crazy and gifted Michelle Corrie, who despite being forced to eat an earwax-flavoured jelly bean live on last week's show, <laughs> has decided to come back 
for another go. What a champ. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Michelle. Thank you. I promise I won't force you to hear anything bad this week. <laughs> this is Series 2. I had my fingers crossed behind my back. I, I knew it. This is Series 2, Episode 71. 71 is a glorious and magnificent number. There are 71 different characters that can be used with a standard English keyboard, excluding uppercase letters. That was a very boring Sunday afternoon. I once wrote an essay on Julius Caesar and used Times New Roman. Okay, too subtle. <laughs> Have you ever deleted one ha from ha 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 because you felt it was too much? <laughs> is true heather doesn't make typos she just invents new words that's right 71 is the form number for the united states office of personal management for requesting a leave of absence so i'm gonna go on a 71 apparently Interstate 71 runs from kentucky to ohio did you know 24 astronauts were born in ohio that is a fact Really? So what is it about Ohio that makes people want to leave the planet? <laughs> now, each week I love to read out our mailbag. I we love to read one? out. I know it's remarkable, isn't it? Metaphorically, I'm not sat here with a big sack full of letters like maybe the 1980s, but I like to read out our electronic mails, our messages from around the world on a weekly basis. Michelle in Japan has posted, I love the show. I hope that I will hear my name read out so I can get some points. Your wish is my command, Michelle in Japan. Thank you for listening to the show. We appreciate our listeners all over the world. Another Michelle in New York also posted under that comment, yes, I love to hear my name read out on the show. Two points, please. <laughs> so, two points for every Michelle currently listening to the show anywhere in the world right now. Well done, Michelles. You are racing into an early lead. Michelle, my bell. These are points that go together well. What a collective. Everyone has to be Michelle. I'm surrounded it. by Michelles. What's a collective noun for Michelles? What we could what could we call a gaggle of Michelles? A, a casserole? A murder of Michelles? I like that. A menagerie. <laughs> a menagerie of Michelles, but all Michelles around the world currently have a two point lead. Tina in Washington has written the jelly beans were so funny. Please get it posted quick. So I can share it with my friends. We are a couple of weeks behind on our archives. If you go to soundcloud.com in a couple of weeks' time, last week's episode will be posted. That will be episode 70. And you can share that with everybody, whoever you wish. Kevin in England then wrote, it would be worth all the money in the world just to hear that show again. Aww. I've been doing this show for the best part of three years, trawling the internet religiously, hour and hour months upon months doing the most diligent work and then we get the most letters because i forced michelle to eat a jelly bean that tasted of dirt and sausage <laughs> you have to give what the listeners want right that's right on the same subject regular listener martin in new york has posted harry potter jelly beans that was fun and randy in australia added that was a great show michelle didn't handle eating dirt very well <laughs> she, she took the sausage like a pro I though did. yeah I she did. did what a champ if you wish to contact us at any time during our show if you wish to see all of the stories all of the photographs all of the videos and make comments and everything we do we have a facebook site more questions and answers with adrian lee we have a twitter account adrian underscore lee 
underscore tips. That's T-I-P-S for the International Paranormal Society. We have around 80,000 followers on Twitter at the moment. You can also go to adrianleepsychic.com. That is our website. We're also on YouTube. I have a book called How to Be a Christian Psychic. What the Bible says about mediums, healers, and paranormal investigators. And I've read three chapters for free on YouTube. And you can visit those by going to How to Be a Christian Psychic, Adrian Lee. And you can sit and listen to me talk about meditation, stones and crystals, and healing. If you wish to listen to the show anytime in the car, on your headphones, doing the housework, in the gym, walking the dog. If you go to soundcloud.com and search for MQTA Radio, all of our shows will be there, but we're also on iTunes, we're on Stitcher. Tune in. Tune in radio. Mm -hmm. If you can't find us, then you only have yourself to blame. Now, last week was the famous jelly bean incident, and I promised Michelle that I wouldn't force feed her anything on air again. Well, this time we have a drink, so oh, I'm keeping to the plan. I have a drink here. I found this. This was given to me. I shall read the bottle before I open it with the bottle opener. It is called... It's made by the Chichiro Beverage Company. Sounds very professional, doesn't it? It is candied bacon cream soda. So we have bacon <laughs> flavoured, just for our Jewish friends out there. Let me just take the lid off of this with the bottle opener. There we go. Live on air. I have a mug. We're going to try bacon flavoured soda this week. There we go. That's not me having a wee in the background there. I'm just filling up Michelle's cup for her so i shall pass that across don't say you don't get (laughs) anything on this particular show i'm going to have a swig out of the bottle first so i'll go first i'm going to take that straight out the bottle no sniffing it (laughs) (laughs) candied bacon cream soda i'm sure it's delicious it's the breakfast of champions isn't it with the aftertaste of uh, pork product which is what you want from a drink on a refreshing afternoon when it's hot and sunny it's 110 degrees you think i know i want bacon flavored soda here we go there's a lot of sugar in that yeah i'm not getting much bacon actually perhaps i need to shake it up perhaps all the bacon 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 <laughs> it's got bacon in that's it good stuff it's good stuff right there man i love all that man yeah i love all the bacon fry. i turned around to key fry on that third album i said we need more bacon man that's what happened let me just have another swig i'm not getting any bass notes or anything here hang on good radio this isn't it me drinking live on it okay that's not horrendous all i'm getting <laughs> <laughs> i do like bacon it has to be said I'm not tasting the bacon. If uh, Michelle would like to take a swig, and I'll pass the bottle over to Miss Morris. Okay. Here's your chance, Michelle. Hold your nose. Get it down, you. All right. Here we are. It's not going to taste of earwax, I guarantee that. Oh, it's gone. It's out. Oh, no, oh, it's backwash. No. <laughs> it tastes of backwash and bacon. <laughs> Never mind that. That went on my feet. Oh, it's coming down her nose. Wow. She must wonder. We bring Michelle onto the show. And just force feed her terrible food. <laughs> In about a month's time, you'll be sat there with a plate of worms, I guarantee it. Oh. You, you think that's bad, do you? Well, it's better than last week. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I couldn't beat the dirt and sausage combo. Oh, it's some more's come out. Look, more backwash. <laughs> oh, dear. Does that give you the refreshing taste of hot dog? 
I'm not getting much bacon out of this no, either. No, I'm just getting sugar. I'm disappointed yeah. by this. Miss Morris, her mouth's gone like the shape of a Cheerio, and one of her eyelids has gone shut. See what I mean? It's just, it doesn't taste like nothing. It's just sugar. It's yeah. sugary. I don't taste any bacon. What a disappointment. Is Terrible. there actually bacon in it? Oh, yes, there's little floaties. <laughs> I'm not drinking anything with floaties in it. I, I, that's one of my rules, I'm afraid. Candy. Well, at least we have rules. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we do. You don't. <laughs> You've not been here long enough to get rules. What a disappointment all Cheers. round. There we go. Bacon-flavoured soda. Disappointment in many respects. Mm. Not enough bacon for me. Mm-mm. I'd have liked just a hint more Yeah. mechanical retrieve pork product, but there you go. Mm. Now, this week... Yes. We went to the cinema... Yes. This has been brewing for some... T- You're still drinking it! Oh, my God! That'll put hairs on your chest. Yeah. This week we went to the cinema. I'm almost reticent to actually talk about this because already I can see Miss Morris has crossed her arms and as an amateur psychologist, she's putting her armour on. I can tell already she sat there like a tortoise, okay? Mm-hmm. So, we went to see the Ghostbusters film. Yes. We've waited 30 odd years for this to happen 32 years in the making uh-huh. ghostbusters would you like to start we're going to review the film some of you may have seen it already we're not going to give anything away oh my god she's brought notes i brought oh, notes what we, you're now reviewing this are you like the new york times yep okay I'll, I'll hand it over to you because i know that you're going to be very kind of oviparous as a good word it doesn't get used enough does it Sure, I don't know. So what did you think? We sat there, we watched Ghostbusters, we were in Spirit Lake in Iowa. Yes. We were the only people in the auditorium, no one else would be bothered. No, we, we were the, the only ones. We were the only people there, which already oh. screams out something, doesn't it? It does. Go well, on then, let's well, hear it. Here's a good way to tell if you would actually like the movie. You have to really, really like the movie Bridesmaids. And then you can add a bad version of Tank Girl. And then a lot of Scooby-Doo 1 and 2, and you might like it. That's a mix-up right there, isn't it? Yeah, put it all in a blender and you got... Bridesmaids, Mm -hmm. Tank Girl, both Scooby-Doo films. Yep. Merge them all together, and you've got Tank Do. Tank Do? Perfect. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I thought not... Honestly, not one part of this movie was memorable, other than the cameos from the old cast. There's not one scene... Nope. ...that sticks in your mind. Nope. It is what Jar Jar Binks did to episode oh. one. I am going to be a bit more positive after you've finished your 10 pages of the review there. You've really put some work into that. It's like your homework. If you'd spent that much time at college, you wouldn't be sat here now drinking bacon soda would be my advice. Oh, that's probably true. But it's true. I think George Lucas, you know, did to Star Wars with The Phantom Menace what Paul Figg's just done to Ghostbusters. There will not be a second one. I almost guarantee it. Just on the figures alone, I think it made 48 million in the first week. But when the film cost 180 million to make, plus all the marketing, and you've got Star Trek coming out, I think tomorrow or today, and you've got Ice Age coming out, it's done. There's no longevity. That film was this week and it's done. There weren't people beating down the doors to go. There was no one there. Mm -mm. So I think there's not going to be a... I'd be very surprised... You know, Sony are talking it up and saying it made 48 million in the first week. They should have been looking at 68, 70, 80 million. I thought I read that it wasn't number one in the box office. It was like number two, even at 48 million. Yes, this is true. They're not going to recoup all their money, unfortunately. I would be surprised if there was a second one based with the hostility. 
the thing is, this film's really polemic. I've never known a film split so many people. On our Facebook wall, we were talking. We were saying we were going to review the film this Friday. Right. And it split our listeners straight down the middle. People really, really loved it or really, really hated it. It just, I've never known a film polemically split an audience in two where you get half that really like it and half that really hates it. There's foods like that, isn't there? In Britain, oh, sure. there's, there's a spread called Marmite and they market mm. it. You either love it or you hate it. There's no <laughs> middle ground. So I'm stopping you from reading your, your essay on uh, <gasps> the fours and against for Ghostbusters. You heard it here first from Miss Morris. Look at your face. <laughs> I'm going to step in and say to you that we've invested a lot emotionally into this franchise. I would suggest to you that the reason we're paranormal investigators, the reason I write books on the paranormal, the reason I've been studying this and founded the International Paranormal Society, the reason we have a paranormal radio show, in part, is due to seeing Ghostbusters when we were kids, playing with the toys. I'm only saying it's a small part, but it's helped us on that journey. Right. right? So we've invested emotionally into this product and it's kind of mapped out our lives on what we're doing for a living. So when that film doesn't deliver on what you want it to deliver, you're always then going to be defensive and you're going to say it's not working. Now, I'm not saying the film was good. It wasn't atrocious. It was just mediocre. If you want some popcorn and you want to leave your brain at home, it's a reasonable film to see. Because I'm trying to take myself out of it emotionally. I wanted it to be good. I wanted it to be the best thing ever. It wasn't. But there was some good aspects. I thought the special effects were excellent. I thought the way they did the graphics, especially the giant balloons at the end, was, was fabulous. I thought the colour palette was good. The fact that it used a lot of reds and blues throughout the whole film kept that theme alive. I really liked the use of lighting and the colour palette. Kate McKinnon. Do I have a crush on that woman? She was the glue that held everything together. If it wasn't for Kate McKinnon, that film would have been atrocious. She was the glue that held that together to mean that that film was only bad or mediocre. Without it only her, held it together for you. For me. I thought the best part of the film, for me, was when she ad-libbed. And they weren't using the script. And she just did her own thing and they happened to be filming it. But that says a lot about the film. That the funniest parts for me was when the comedians and Kate McKinnon was ad-libbing. And they were still filming. And that was funny. But what does that say about the script? The best parts are the bits they're making up that haven't actually been scripted. I thought Ecto looked fabulous. The car looked great. So I thought that was pretty good. There was a lot of things wrong with it. The cameos. You got 15 seconds of mm. Bill Murray. You got 15 seconds of Dan Aykroyd. Sigourney Weaver appears at the very end after the credits. Seeing them for just 15 seconds in that entire film made me want to see them. Oh, yeah, putting absolutely. Dan Aykroyd in... Just for that 15 seconds was enough for me to say, oh my God, they should have been doing the film. Right. So how bad was it that that 15 seconds you see him makes you long for those characters again? Right. Which I thought was a very odd thing to do from their perspective. It just highlights what you're missing to a certain degree. One of the other things I have a problem with is in the trailer for the film, they show aspects of the film that's meant yeah. to be the best parts. But a couple of those scenes are actually at the end of the film after the credits have rolled. Right. So if the best things they can find about the film for the trailer is in the stuff that happened after the credits... That made it on the cut floor. That, that, well, there's nothing within the film that they thought they could use. The scene, for example, where you've seen it on the trailer, 
where Kate McKinnon's character mm. makes like a bear trap type thing mm-hmm. for ghosts isn't in the film. It's at the end after the trailers have oh. rolled. The music was underwhelming. When oh, yeah. the music first kicked in at the beginning, it's so underwhelming. When the original music accompanied that film in 84, it made the hairs on your arms stand up. Right. It was very anthemic. So the music was very underwhelming as well. So I'm saying the film was bad. It's okay. Leave your brain at home. Eat your popcorn. The special effects are great. Kate McKinnon dancing to debage, setting things on fire. Was Adrian's favourite part. Was my favourite part. And I think a lot of people would share that with me. I think I have one more thing to add to that. If you go on Netflix, I think it is, or if you have a PS3 or whatever, and you watch all of the trailers that they have listed for the film, yes, that literally is the best parts. Yeah, you've got the the best parts there. So if you like that, that's the best parts. Then you can go watch the fluff that surrounds it. Yeah, again, I said at the beginning of this, it's so split. Our listeners, people have said it's brilliant and they loved it and they laughed all the way through. And other people like yourself have said it's shockingly bad and and people would back you up on that. So it's very odd. I've never known a film. And I studied um, films for my master's degree. I've got a a master's degree in film studies, which many people don't know about. I studied the history of cinema. I've never known a film split an audience like this one, where you either really, really hate it or really, really like it. And I'm not going to have a go at the people that thought it was funny and thought it was brilliant. But maybe they're coming at it in a different way than I am because they don't hold that emotional tie or that emotional bond. One last thing before we move on, because I'm sure people are sick of hearing us talk about... <laughs> us rambling. Well, we're not going to talk about it ever again, are we? Because there's not going to be another one. So this is it. This is the only chance we're going to get. Oh, poor you. If you go to Walmart, you can go up the toy aisle. They're selling Ghostbusters toys. Not unreasonably, because they have toys linked to all the films there's avengers stuff there there's batman masks there's lego star wars the whole works when you go to walmart or any grocery store they're selling ghostbusters figurines posable Mm -hmm. action figures but they're all the old characters there are no characters for sale in any of these big grocery stores or any department stores that are the new female characters so all they're doing is using this ghostbusters film to sell the previous lot of toys and the previous lot of materials for the kids do you see what i mean Mm -hmm. i wonder if it's down to the fact that it's mostly boys that are going to be playing with that and boys aren't going to play with female action figures does that make sense oh sure well what does it say about the film if you can't get a kate mckinnon ghostbusters figure but you You can get i i wept like a baby I wept even more like a baby when I found out I wasn't the right sex for the, you know, I just, <laughs> I'm not casting aspersions here, but I think it's generally known that I don't really have a chance. You've got, you've got more of a chance. Let's, let's say that, shall we say. Mm. But I found that very interesting. You cannot get the female posable figures, yet all the shops are selling the old ones of Bill Murray. Mm-hmm. And Dan Aykroyd. So what does that say? They're, they're awesome. Not, they're not expecting it to sell. They're actually selling on the back of this. The franchise stuff from the first film is very strange. So if you wish to perhaps write a review, if you've seen the film and you really liked it or you saw the film and you hated it, perhaps you could put a review on Facebook and we can read that. You can argue with any of our opinions or any of the things we've brought up. I'd love to read those out. Perhaps if people comment on the film and they make good points about it, things we've spoken about or things they want to add to that, I will read those out on next week's show. And if you love the film and you want to defend it, 
then just get onto Facebook more questions than answers with Adrian Lee and I shall read those out. I'd be happy to do that. One last thing. We met the assistant manager of the Spirit Lake Cinema and she's a very nice lady. Her name's Lisa. So I just said to her I'd promise to say hello to her on the show and perhaps we'll get some free popcorn the next time I get to the Yay. cinema. But it won't be to see Ghostbusters 2 because there won't be one unfortunately <laughs> we have a show Michelle is on two points because all Michelle's around the world are currently on two points Heather and myself Yay. are yet to score Ghostbusters new reboot has reportedly been banned from a theatrical release in China because they're not allowed the film's famous theme may feature the words, I ain't afraid of no ghost. But it's been reported that the Chinese don't share singer Ray Parker Jr.'s courage in the face of the spirit world. Paul Figg's all-female remake of the 1984 classic has received mixed reviews around the world. But the world's second largest movie market won't be getting in on that action. It's all because of the censorship guidelines of China informed by the Communist Party's dedication to secular lives for its people. The rules state that the country should not run films which promote cults or superstitions. That's a blow for Christianity right there, yeah? Mm -hmm. The 1984 original Ghostbusters film, which helped to make megastars of Bill Murray and Dan Aykroyd, was also not shown in China, but on home release it was renamed Ghost Catcher Dare Die Team. <laughs> Who are you going to call? Ghost Catcher Dare Die Team. The new film, however, has been mentioned in publicity material as Superpower Dare Die Team. The word ghost not being mentioned. I wonder what they did with the film Ghost. <laughs> if you're not allowed to use the word ghost, that would be the film with Demi Moore, Patrick Swayze, and it's called. You see what we did there? <laughs> Have you seen that film at the cinema? It was a really good film. I loved the title of that film. It was called... And I thought it was great. She was making a vase and he was standing behind her and there was Whoopi Goldberg. You must go and see that film. It's called Censorship as We Live and Breathe. There are rumours that the country feels it's simply not for them. Most of the Chinese audience didn't see the first and second movies. So they don't think there's much market for it there. An unnamed movie executive said, but missing out on the money which might be generated by a market four times the number of people in America may be a blow to the comedy hit. This is like kicking a man when he's down, really, isn't it? Britain is a secular society, yet more people in Britain believe in ghosts than any other nation in the world. So having a secular society doesn't necessarily mean that you don't believe in ghosts. I don't know how the two are interlinked. I'm trying to make a distinction between a secular society that doesn't believe in God and then in the belief that ghosts exist. You don't have to believe in God, do you, to not think that ghosts exist? Do you see what I'm saying? And they're trying to make the link in China that if you don't have God, there won't be no ghosts. Yet every Christian who's a fundamentalist far-right supporter of the Bible will also argue there's no such thing as ghosts. It's the devil's work, I tell you. They're demonic entities pretending to be your grandmother coming to visit you. Despite the fact, of course, that Jesus spoke to the ghosts of Moses and Ezekiel during the transfiguration. But who am I to argue with biblical text? I shall give myself a wondrous two points and I'm off to a fabulous <laughs> start. Miss Morris, what have you got for me tonight in the round of 
ghosts and hauntings. Well, do you remember that picture that I brought up? It was probably, I think, last week of the lady who took the picture in Warwick Castle. Yes, Warwick mm-hmm. Castle. You got the name right this yeah, week. I did, you've been practicing. I did. I, I took all week. You've been you've won and bought, haven't you? Rosetta Stone English. I have. You're cheating. <laughs> I got Rosetta Stone Arabic. First lesson, we have your wife. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Second lesson, you can keep her. Controversial. <laughs> This ghostly figure pictured two weeks ago in the window of one of the most haunted rooms in Warwick Castle could be one of the renowned spiritualist Alistair Crowley. They're starting to think it was Alistair. Mr. Crowley. It was taken by chance on an iPhone by paranormal investigator Mariana Dixon. Was she a paranormal investigator two weeks ago? I have no idea. What was she doing? I don't remember. I don't even remember what I talk about. She was releasing an album, wasn't she? I think so. Yeah. The 30-year-old who lives in Henley snapped the figure during a visit to the 1,100-year-old castle as she prepared for an investigation there in October. Uh, She believes it could be the figure of Crowley, who in the 1800s was considered the most evil man in England because of his seances at the castle where he regularly summoned ghosts. Okay. Seances seances alistair crowley made his own pills that he said you know would give you essence of life they would bring you almost like the energy drinks you get now that you can buy and it tastes like battery acid and you have a swig and you pull a face and those five hour energy drinks he made pills back in the day and uh they analyzed them recently and tried to work out what was in them and uh there was man juice in them what yeah in those pills just a small amount but he had personally seen to the ingredients of those particular pills oh oh in this industry people work for decades and spend thousands of pounds on high-tech equipment cameras and spirit boxes etc and hours in buildings to get nothing so the last thing i expected was to walk in and snap something on my iphone so they are believing that it's alistair crowley who spent his life in warwick castle having seances getting up the ghost Bubbling up the ghost. That's right. Yes, After I, some I, baking soda. Yes, I, I bubbled up the ghost about two minutes ago and no one oh, actually noticed. Oh, God, it's a sealed room, Adrian. Warwick Castle seems to have an abundance of spirits and ghosts at the moment. Yes. You'd almost think this was just tourism for Warwick Castle. Maybe. Maybe they're trying to up the ante for the October event that they're having. Yes, they have jousting events, all kinds of fabulous things at Warwick Castle. We spoke last week. It's owned by the Madame Tussauds group and company. And they have waxworks and tours of the castle. They do do a good job. But it's a good way of making an income, I guess. But every week, they seem to find something at Warwick Castle. And it dates from the medieval period all the way through to Alistair Crowley in the Victorian period. Yeah. They've got a thousand years to play with there, haven't they? Yes, they do. And they're making the best of it. <laughs> Why not? I shall give you two points for pronouncing <gasps> Warwick Castle correct this Thank week. You. After an intensive week of Rosetta Stone English. <laughs> a paranormal investigation team has been called in to perform an exorcism on a haunted abandoned school. The UK's leading exorcism team, Ghost Tech Paranormal Investigations, have been tasked with driving out the ghouls at Stackland's Retreat House. The former Kent School is set to be knocked down 11 years after closing. Myths have long surrounded the building, including a tale of priests who were sacrificed there nearly 80 years ago when its owner turned to Satanism. The paranormal team have now been drafted in to find out for certain whether it is actually haunted. 
lead investigator and presenter Jeff Young, 52, said, We are going to gather as much overnight evidence at Stackland's retreat house as we can. We went there in the daytime, and when we set up our cameras, we picked up a woman's voice saying devil worship had been going on there, and they were orbs flying around my feet. Ghost Tech are renowned for using a range of expensive and complex equipment, including digital recorders, electronic voice phenomena and cameras with colour spectrums. It was all the colour of the rectum. <laughs> Jeff had tracked down the death certificate. I think I've muddled up rainbow and spectrum, but it seems to work. It was all the colours of the rectum. Jeff had tracked down the death certificate of the allegedly satanic owner and had found some prayers which used to be recited in the house. Established in the US, Jeff claims Ghost Tech's reputation, which has grown and grown after being named as one of the leading paranormal investigation teams in the UK. Croydon-born Jeff said, I had some strange experiences when I was a teenager. Which one of us didn't have some strange experiences as a teenager? What are you talking about? Heather's still having them. I grew up <laughs> seeing things. So I was interested in the paranormal from a very young age. The investigations team was formed five years ago when they gathered together to help explore places across the UK which may be haunted. The 52-year-old added, we look at locations which have never been investigated before to see if all this stuff is actually true. I've tried many, many times and I've investigated several properties all over the world that are about to be demolished or removed to try and get as much information about what's there before the building gets knocked down because once it's knocked down ghosts can't haunt it anymore they don't haunt the space they haunt the fabric of the building i've investigated properties that have been moved from one location to another and the ghost follows the building it's hanging on for grim life as the building goes up the street on the back of a semi it's true but they can't haunt the space if a ghost thinks it wants to be somewhere so it is if your bones are in the cemetery in spirit you must think to yourself i want to visit my old house and then your spirit must arrive there. But what happens if that house is no longer there? You can't think yourself to haunt somewhere when the property is not there anymore. Is it the case that we don't see ghosts from a time period of 150 to 200 years ago further back than that because there's nothing left from that time period for them to haunt anymore? You have to know where you want to haunt in able to haunt it. I can't say to you in 30, 40, 50 years time when we pass... I want you to haunt a building that's not been built yet because you don't know that it exists to be able to think yourself there. Do you see what I mean? Is it the case that we don't see ghosts from that far back because there's nothing left anymore from the pioneer days for them to actually haunt? You can't think you want to be somewhere if you don't remember it in the first place and it's not there anymore. There are more questions than answers. Michelle, you are currently on two points because all Michelle's around the world got two points to start with what have you got for me tonight in the round of ghosts and hauntings this is about a photo of a fatal wreck that has gone viral a chilling photo taken at the scene of a fatal motorcycle crash in kentucky is getting a lot of attention online many facebook users say the photo shows the motorcycle driver's spirit leaving his body hmm. according to lex 18 news the crash occurred in powell county kentucky on Tuesday evening around 5.30 p.m. A motorcyclist was seriously injured after crashing on Highway 15 near Stanton. He was transported to the hospital where he later died. Aww. Saul Vasquez of Mount Sterling, Kentucky, says he witnessed the event while in his truck and took a picture of the accident. 
Zoom in and pay attention to the shadow just off the top of the state trooper's hat. All I can say that I hope is that everyone is okay, wrote Stanton in the Facebook post. Many people believe the photo shows the motorcycle driver's spirit leaving his body. Regardless, it's certainly sparking a lot of conversation. Vasquez told Lex 18 News that the picture has not been altered. The spirit leaving the body. I've seen lots of photographs of crime scenes. In fact, a crime scene photographer actually came to me once with photographs where you see teenagers kind of slumped over the steering wheel or hanging out the car and they've died. So they're pretty grim photographs. They're not things you'd want to show the kids or those you know, that are easily offended. But he has shown me on occasions that you can see wisps of light and shadows coming out out of the body. And he thinks he's actually recorded this as well. So this isn't the first time I've come across this phenomena. But if people wish to see that, we'll post that story on our Facebook site, More Questions and Answers with Adrian Lee. And you can judge for yourself at the very moment that person departed the physical realm. Did we take a photograph? Not me personally. <laughs> but this particular gentleman, never been to Kentucky, I might add. Have you seen this picture, Miss Morris? I have. If you say bunk, you're on minus three right now. What did you think of it? Fair enough. Just a fair <laughs> <laughs> You told me not to see it. You don't think this is a spirit leaving a deceased motorcyclist on the side of the road in Kentucky? No. What did you think it looked like? What was it? It's smoke. Yes. Coming out of the motorbike? or It's coming out of something, coming yeah. Out of some, mm-hmm. On a crash site, of course, you're going to get lots of steam and lots of smoke where fluids suddenly hit exhaust pipes and things that are cracked and ruptured suddenly hit up, you know, a hot engine, for example. But people can judge for themselves if they go to our Facebook site. They can have a look. We now run into the round that is UFOs and cryptozoology. It's cream men and hairy beasties. The Apollo 11 mission, which successfully took man to the moon for the first time, was a fake, say more than a half of British adults. The astonishing revelation that 52% of people in the UK believe that Neil Armstrong's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind speech was recorded somewhere on Earth, comes as the mission's 47th anniversary is celebrated. That was on Wednesday. Can you believe that? 47 years. Wow. On Wednesday. It's been a while. Among those marking the day is former astronaut Buzz Aldrin, Neil's fellow moonwalker, on the mission. But despite the first-person accounts from him and the late Armstrong, who passed away in 2012, more than half of British adults who responded to a new survey think it's a conspiracy. And that's not the only doubt that was exposed in this new research. Nearly two-thirds, that's 64% of adults, don't believe that dinosaurs existed. 64% 64% of what? British adults do not believe the dinosaurs existed. When they're watching Jurassic Park, they think that stuff's made up. <laughs> How can that be? Despite museums stuffed with fossils and bones. This I... isn't stuff you study at school, is it? You don't study dinosaurs at school, do you? It's ridiculous. One in ten people, however, did believe the Loch Ness Monster exists. Well, there. So that's 10% of the entire poll. The survey quizzed more than a 1,000 UK Adults, if a quiz is quizzical, what's a test? We'll get to that later. Uh, Those aged 25 to 34 are the most sceptical, with 73% believing we didn't land on the moon, compared to 38% of those aged 55 and over who were actually alive when the event took place. Buzz Aldrin actually hit a journalist full in the face once when the journalist came up to him and said it was all fake and you didn't actually go to the moon. 
And Buzz Aldrin, who used to be, of course, a test pilot and was, you know, the right stuff, mm-hmm. just hit him in the face and smacked him one. I thought that was fabulous. I've always said, wherever humanity leaves its footprints, paranormal activity will follow. So that would therefore mean that you could get a residual haunting on the moon. If Neil Armstrong, who passed in 2012, wants to be on the moon in spirit, he could be there because he can think himself there because he's been there. Does that make sense? You could be haunting the moon. While the moon landings might be in doubt, there are some people who do believe in a world beyond our planets. As nearly a quarter, that's 24%, believe in extraterrestrials, where 5% also believe that dragons existed. 5% UK adults think dragons existed, but they're not happy to believe that dinosaurs existed. They've been watching too much Game of Thrones, would be my advice. People are also more inclined to believe in the existence of ghosts and spirits than God, That's 30% versus 29%. And women lean more towards the occult than men, with almost double the amount believing in spirits. That's 38% to 21%. God doesn't want to prove he exists, though. This is the point. Because that requires faith. God's not going to prove he's existing. Because that removes all faith at that point. Do you see what we mean? If he proved he existed, there'd be no faith anymore. And that's not what's required, is it? from that particular religious set of beliefs. Miss Morris, what have you got tonight in the round of UFOs and cryptozoology? Well, a woman took her dog for a walk. Okay, this is sounding promising. Yeah, she took her dog for a walk when she came across Boston Dynamics' latest humanoid creation. Humanoid creation. That's right. Known as Atlas, the robot is one of several different models created by the Google-owned firm. The footage, which was recorded along the forest trail, shows the human-like contraption stomping through the trees with a large entourage of minders in close pursuit. Was it an immaculate contraption? So, <laughs> <laughs> so not, she was walking a dog, and about a lot of people were walking the robot. They were walking a robot. Yep. It needed exercise. Apparently. Did it stop at a lamppost by any chance and sniff someone's bottom? I don't know. It was leaking oil. Oh. <laughs> no, I'm just... I made that up. Yes, you've got nothing to back that up. The woman can be seen keeping her dog close as a peculiar procession slowly passed by. She probably didn't want her dog snatched. Uh, I don't think. So is this she UFOs or cryptozoology, just so I can make sure you get the right points? It's an unidentified walking object. Okay. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> I know, it was ridiculous for me to ask, wasn't it? What was the point? Atlas is one of the company's most sophisticated creations and is capable of traversing various different types of terrain as well as navigating staircases and lifting up heavy objects. Apparently, walking through the woods doesn't seem to pose much of a problem either. If you wish to see a robot being walked by many handlers through the park and a rather disturbed-looking dog, you're more than welcome (laughs) to do so if you visit our Facebook site. More questions than answers with Adrian Lee. Michelle, you are currently on four points. What have you got for me tonight in the round of UFOs and cryptozoology? This is about a UFO looming over New York City. Fantastic. You see what she did there, Heather? What? (laughs) (laughs) Um, There's a video that shows a UFO floating above New York City after it was filmed by puzzled motorists 
who spotted the object in the sky. It shows a huge black object hovering above the city, which could also be seen from nearby New Jersey. New Jersey. Jersey. The clip was uploaded by UFO Investigator Secure Team 10. <laughs> okay. <Sorry. laughs> You've already had a go at Ghostbusters. Let's not alienate other people while we're on the show. After it was sent to the YouTube channel by a witness to the incident. Tyler from Secure Team 10 explained that the person who filmed the video said that they had felt vibrations before the flying object appeared. It apparently hung in the sky for hours as Tyler revealed he had received a number of emails about it. He said, one of the emails I received from a source who lives in Staten Island shortly before his, before this object appeared said that he began hearing a faint sort of humming that seemed to grow in loudness to the point where the source said he could actually feel faint vibrations. We're picking up good vibrations. See, I'm on the money with you. <laughs> so far, the object has yet to be identified, but some YouTube users suggest it could have been a man-made aircraft. But others agree... What other type of aircraft are there, out of interest? If it's not a man-made aircraft, yeah. who's yeah. making this? A whole team of squirrels somewhere. <laughs> That's yes. a good point. Monkeys that have been taking parts off of vehicles in a safari and have slowly made their aeroplane to escape. That'd Can you imagine awesome. there's a whole group of baboons that are stripping cars and getting specific parts to make an aeroplane so they can escape from the safari park. They're taking parts off of cars, nuts, bolts, sheet metal. No more bacon soda for you. Behind the scenes, it was very sweet, wasn't it? Behind the scenes, they're making an aeroplane. They're going to escape. It's like the glider that took off and was trying to escape out of Colditz during the Second World War. There's baboons making aeroplanes to escape from safari parks by stripping cars, I tell you. What else is there other than man-made aircraft? What have I missed? What's, what has passed me by that I wasn't previously aware of? Remarkable times we live in. It was a monkey-made aircraft that was going <laughs> over. This is Captain Webster. Welcome to Flight 374 to Minneapolis. We will be landing shortly. Oh, peanuts. Fabulous. I love peanuts. <laughs> That's the uh, co-pilot, of course. Are you done? Yeah, I think I'm finished. Okay. Yeah, okay. You want to see the stewardesses on that flight? They are ugly. I'm selling you. They're hairier than a bear trapper's hat. It's shocking. <laughs> Didn't get the pretzels, they ate them all. The worst part was when they smelt their own urine and defecated in the aisle. Oh, stop. Lithuanian Airlines, now travelling to... Oh. Okay, I'm done. I'm finished. I, there's places I can't go to anymore. I've been banned in Lithuania, do you know that? There's reasons. There is a ban on me in Lithuania, so I don't care. Lithuanian Airlines. Those women had tattoos. It was remarkable. Okay, is there more? Is that no, it? No, okay. that it. That's it. There Thanks. is no more. I shall give you points. You're now on... Six, we now move into the round. It is the strange and the bizarre because monkeys making aeroplanes out of car parks in a safari isn't strange or bizarre enough. This is the round where we read out the stories from around the world that don't fit easily into any other category. YouTube user Bad Things for Bad People shared a video showing a smoothie being made from placing nine McDonald's cheeseburgers, a bag full of french fries and a soda into a juicer. Yummy. The breakfast of champions. This man created a new way to consume food for McDonald's by making a smoothie made entirely from the restaurant's food. The smoothie, which he calls junk juice. Uh-huh. I can give you a sample of junk juice no, right now. No, don't do it. No, okay. I'm good. Show me your juicer. I'll be on that. Oh. Consists of nine McDonald's cheeseburgers, a bag full of French fries, and a soda. Guess the what you're having next week, Michelle? Oh. Yes, you're having my junk juice, apparently. <laughs> I get to come back? Oh, let's not be hasty. 
the burgers and fries came to. If you bring a bag of cheeseburgers, there may be every opportunity. The burgers and fr- I've got to find new foods for us to feed her next week that are disgusting. I've made you a burger from my own bogies. How about those wasabi almonds? Oh, those wasabi almonds were very bizarre. That was the one time. That's wasabi almonds is like Ghostbusters because I ate one. And there was a minute where I'm chewing it. I'm thinking, this is the worst thing I've ever eaten in my life. And Been then, there. like, I then thought, well, that's actually not too bad. Let's try another one. I can't make my mind up. I put another <laughs> one in. I'm eating the second wasabi almond. I'm thinking, no, that is pretty rough. And then I'm getting some flavors coming through. And I'm thinking, well, that's not too bad. <laughs> I couldn't make up my mind whether it was the worst thing I'd ever eaten or whether it was fabulous. I ate an entire packet yes, you did. on the back of the fact that I couldn't commit to whether I liked them or not. <laughs> Wasabi almonds, ladies and gentlemen. Just don't rub your eye. That is true. After you've eaten one, because that would or be bad. Or go to the wee. Or rub your what? Your willy? Yeah, go to the wee. Okay. Well, that's the same as rubbing your eye to a certain degree, isn't it? Oh. I want something to take away the pain, but keep the swelling. A man can be seen drinking an entire glass of the mixture at the end of the video next to a trash can to contain portions of the smoothie that he spat out. That's no worse than a bacon soda, is it, to be honest? There have been some people that have liquidized and blended a McDonald's hamburger to make baby food and then fed it to their baby. And then the baby died because the salt content is so high that the baby couldn't process the salt that's in the burgers. So if you're listening to this show right now and you're thinking of blending and liquidizing a hamburger McDonald's for your baby instead of baby food, don't would be my advice. But there's idiots out there that are doing this. Why are you smiling at me? What are you liquidizing next week? What are we going to be getting Michelle to drink? I blended oyster stew. You blended an oyster stew. What's wrong with you? Milk, oysters, butter, and crackers. Mm. And how long did that stay down? Would you notice the difference? The whole time it was delicious. You made an oyster smoothie. smoothie. Yep. My mum said, (laughs) we're not in the round of not for your mother, so I'm going to leave that there because we're going to be taken off air with like two minutes to go. And I don't want that to happen. Miss Morris, what have you got for me tonight in the round of the strange and the bizarre? Is there anything bacon can't do? Mm? Is there anything bacon can't do? It can't make aeroplanes, unless you know otherwise. Well, an 86-year-old woman just found out a new use for bacon. It's a theft deterrent. A theft deterrent. Yes. Like bacon spray. No, not really. Bacon I made spray. that up. I made it up. That wouldn't attract dogs, would it? <laughs> bacon has been used for everything from a pizza crust to a name, a way to stop a nosebleed. Never heard of that one. Yes, yeah, you roll the bacon up and shove it up your nose. Nice. A coffin. Never heard of that one before. Bacon coffin. <laughs> a That's the worst nightmare for a Jewish person being buried, <laughs> isn't it? I've been to many Jewish cemeteries around the world. The one in Prague, if you go online and look at the Jewish cemetery in Prague, that is an amazing place to be. Look at those photographs. That If you like cemeteries and you like architecture, go to websites, type in Prague, Jewish cemetery. You will not be disappointed. Would you be burying a Jewish person in a bacon coffee that's this is how lady gaga's gonna go isn't it well probably well it can also be used as a life preserver don't know about that does it float does bacon float the basis for true love and the cure for a broken heart with that list in mind one would think the world has exhausted every possible use for bacon but one would be wrong according to the greater manchester police trafford south division the wily woman 
had hit up an ATM before heading to the supermarket. She was apparently followed to the store, though, because a still unknown woman grabbed her shopping cart and demanded some cash. Give me the cash, Grandma. And no one gets hurt. Apparently, the elderly woman didn't want to hand over her cash, though, because according to the police who posted the saga on their Facebook page, she defended herself by repeatedly hitting the woman offender over the head with a big packet of bacon. Who goes to an ATM and thinks to themselves, I know, I need to take a packet of bacon with me. No, she went to the ATM, got some cash, went grocery shopping with the cash from the said ATM. The woman and was followed. And was followed. Okay. There you go. You're connecting those dots, aren't it's you? It's lucky she didn't buy a leg of lamb. <laughs> she could have killed somebody. That's ridiculous. When confronted with a vigorous bacon defense, the would-be thief gave up and fled the supermarket, and the woman, her cash, and her bacon were safe. Have you ever been beaten by a sausage, Michelle? <laughs> no comment. The night is still young. What have you got for me tonight, Michelle, in the round of Strange and Bizarre? Well, Tom Curry decided to resign from his job to give him more time to engage in the latest Pokemon craze. People need to get a life. I'm sorry. You need to have more ambition, don't you? There's a whole world out there to explore. And what I find distressing, I will let you finish your story. Mm -hmm. I apologize. They're having Pokemon characters now in places like Auschwitz. So there's people going around Auschwitz, a million people, gassed, mass genocide, and there's people wandering around with cell phones looking for bloody Pokemon characters. It's ridiculous. This society has gone mad, I tell you. They'll be building planes out of bacon necks and being flown by monkeys. Now, I saw actually a story, another side note on your Pokemon Mm -hmm. thing. It just popped up today. A pregnant lady was searching for Pokemon, got hit by a car. She had to have her baby delivered by emergency C-section. <laughs> really? Only with Is that the worth use it? Of bacon. Oh, what? If the baby doesn't want to come out, <laughs> do you reckon you could wave a little bit of bacon at the other end? Did she have it delivered with porkseps? Oh, I oh. don't think that's working. No, you, no. You're, you're not getting away with that. No. I'm, sorry. I'm sorry. Do continue, <laughs> Michelle. This is just Nintendo's first foray into the mobile app market has certainly proven a success. Pokemon Go now has more active users than Twitter. Wow. And has netted so much revenue for the long-lived video game company that it has added billions to Nintendo's share prices. That must make Sony really happily. Happily? Happily. Happily. (laughs) Yes, that's one of the characters from Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, isn't it? There was Happily, Bashful, Doc, Slothful, Slovenly. What were the other ones? There was the Seven Deadly Sins, wasn't it? Yeah, Mm. I recall them all very well. Greedy. Greedy. <laughs> when was the last time you felt happy? Oh, controversial. <laughs> well, then Happy got out of bed, so she felt grumpy. Oh, no. Go on, Michelle. If you live in a country where the game is available to you, you will have likely seen at least one person wandering around in their ongoing efforts to catch them all. But for one man in New Zealand, the desire to hunt down every Pokemon became so overwhelming that he actually quit his job. Wow. Tom Curry used to work as a barista and a bartender at a seaside restaurant before throwing in the towel so he could travel around the country tracking down the digital creatures on his phone. To his surprise, his story soon went viral, and before long, everyone had heard of his endeavors. So far, he has managed to catch 91 out of the 151 Pokemon that can be found in the game. 
Do you win something if you catch them all? In New Zealand? I have absolutely no idea. I've got more ambition in life, like making myself dinner. Wow. I mean, should we really condemn it, or should we actually go try it? Kind of like I the am, Ghostbusters movie. I have so many things on my plate, I do not wish you to be... You took time to watch the Ghostbusters movie? It was like movie? Halloween out there. There's people <laughs> mindlessly wandering around like zombies through the road. There's kids wandering around out there like there's been some sort of With zombie plague in their own little bubble. Do you remember the days when you used to play so hard you fell asleep through being exhausted because you played all day long? Now we're going to have an evolution of kids with giant thumbs that can't see past their cell phones, wandering around who can't read and write. Unbelievable. But they caught them all. They did catch them all, and their parents will be very proud when they're 32 and still in the basement. That's right. I have one more story tonight in the round of The Strange and the Bizarre. Having a dark sense of humour could be linked to the development of dementia, according to a new research. What? The Uh new study published in the Journal of Alzheimer's Disease questioned families and friends of nearly 50 dementia patients by asking them to describe characteristics and humour tendencies. Tendencies included laughing at inappropriate moments or making cynical jokes. Oh. <laughs> it's not looking good, is it? The dementia oh. patients were also more likely to enjoy slapstick comedies, according to the study. We are oh. in big trouble. Not really. I don't like it, remember? I don't you like it. You hit me and laugh. Every time well, I that's funny. fall over and have some sort of incident, you think it's funny. Well, it is kind of funny. Friends and family reported... As time went on, the patients were less appreciative of sophisticated humour and were more reactive to inappropriate or dirty jokes. Dementia is typically characterised by memory impairment. Dementia is typically characterised by memory impairment, as well as marked difficulty in the domains of language, motor activity, object recognition and disturbance of executive functions. Can I disturb your executive functions? What did you say? Absolutely. According to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, these were marked changes, completely inappropriate humor, well beyond the realms of even distasteful humor. For example, one man laughed when his wife badly scolded herself. <laughs> this, this, these are the people that went to the movie that liked it. My grandmother had dementia in the last years of her life. And I went to visit her, as I did on occasion, just by passing through London. I knocked on her door. She was 100% convinced that I was the window cleaner. She thought the window cleaner was coming that morning. And no matter what I said to her, I was the window cleaner. So I did what any good grandson would do. I put a rag around her windows and charged her $20. Everybody was happy. We now move into the final round of the evening that is called Not For Your Mother. That means you have now found us on our platforms on SoundCloud, in our archives, on iTunes, Stitcher, and everything else. Heather's got a smile on her face, which means she has a lot of stories for for tonight (laughs) that are going to leave me speechless. If your mother is easily offended, if you have small children in the room, this would be the time that you need to remove them. I have a story that says residents enjoy living in red light areas and regard the goings-on as better than daytime television. Families also see the scantily dressed sex workers in nearby massage parlours as neighbours who put the bins out like everybody else. That's what they call it nowadays, eh? You wouldn't want to go through the bin, though, would you, to be fair? (laughs) The university study... Lots of balloons. There's a university study. Wow, what chewing gum. But terrible bubbles, yeah. This is a university study. When I went to university, it involved sitting through boring 
dusty art history lectures and reading a lot of books. Oh, how times have changed. This is students going out to red light districts mm-hmm. and doing surveys. The university study claims pubs and shops get new customers, such as men asking questions about nearby brothels and vice girls popping out to buy cigarettes and snacks during the breaks. <laughs> if you walked into a red light district, would you go into a random pub or shop and ask for directions? No. That would be ridiculous. Hotels see rooms snapped up by curb crawlers who have just picked up prostitutes. Gordy neon signs advertising sex for sale brighten up the area and make people feel safer by making the streets busier. The sex <laughs> industry making your streets safe and bringing a sense of community. The research wow. also found residents prefer prostitutes' clients to more sinister crowds of drunks whose antisocial behaviour is kept in check by the curb crawlers. The survey was carried <laughs> by out. By what crawlers? Curb crawlers. Oh. Do you not have that phrase over here? I, no. Curb no. crawling, driving along slowly, seeing what's available. Oh. Like oh. perusing the chocolate aisle in Walmart. We used to call it cruising. Cru- you called it cruising, did you, when you were looking for prostitutes? We learned something new about Heather Morris tonight. <laughs> the survey was carried out in Blackpool, which is dubbed the Amsterdam of the UK, where council bosses have been targeting the vice trade amid fears it could damage tourism. The purge began after owners of a string of brothels lining one of the main roads into the centre of the resort put up neon signs advertising services. But a new study called Brothels in Blackpool, The Ordinary Neighbour, Claims that far from being outraged, neighbouring residents find the 24-hour sex trade comforting, like a nice warm patch on a quill. Blackpool-born Dr Emily Cooper of the University of Central Lancashire interviewed more than 50 residents, sex workers and police and council workers over 18 months. She was astonished by the findings which she says smashed her preconceived ideas about the impact of massage parlours in the area. One resident even told her that watching the comings and goings around the parlours, such as Taboo, was better than daytime television. Oh look, there's Heather's mother buying jelly. Oh! Controversial. (laughs) Miss Morris, what have you got for me tonight in the round of Not For Your Mother? I love these stories. You love this story. Well, I have an amateur surgeon from Australia. Nothing's better than... Amateur? Amateur. I used to be a gynecologist. I mean, I don't practice anymore, but I like to keep my hand in. (sighs) I love this show. I'm I'm on fire. (laughs) Well, he's actually pleaded guilty to... Dentistry. um, Yeah. Yeah. Some non-professional medical treatment, like removing a gentleman's left testicle. (laughs) I'm sorry? speechless did you see him it was hilarious did you say the left or the right the left it's gone no nurse no nurse i said remove his spectacles (laughs) alan george matthews 56 admitted to removing tissue (laughs) that's what you call it with nail clippers can i put my tissue on your forehead but he removed it without consent or authority you'd notice i'm sorry as a a man that's gonna sting i'm sorry if you remove my testicle I would at some point, oh, what's that? That feels a bit odd. Why am I leaning when I'm walking? I'm going round in circles. How do you get down there without anyone knowing? I don't, well. I don't know, you tell me. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) The thing is, I had a friend that lost a testicle and he got given a lead weight to put in there 
to give him some equilibrium back so everything was harmonious and he didn't mess up his feng shui. They do that for dogs. I know. Yeah. Do you know that? Ten years later, his wife got lead poisoning. Oh, Aww. what is wrong with you? Not so much putting lead in your pencil, but putting lead in your pencil case. Uh. He tries to go through airport security and the buzzer goes off and it leaves them exploring other avenues. He has to carry a certificate with him to say that one of his testicles is metal. I have to sit closer next week because you she are, can hit me. You're you going to get a throttling. You're going to have swear. to bring objects that can be thrown. <laughs> like that is probably dodgeball. I'll be sat go. here talking, and then you're here, and I'll get a <laughs> ball in the face. <laughs> Just one. Maybe it's the one that he removed. Is it the left one? Well, we can only hope, can't we? How did you get that red mark on your forehead? Well, you're going to laugh when I tell you. Oh, no. It happened at a motel north of Sydney. Police said the 52-year-old victim posted an online ad requesting assistance with a medical issue. Okay. Yes, if you have a medical issue, here's a daddy tissue. Don't put it on Craigslist and say, can somebody help me? Actually, I think he did. Yeah, this is where we are. I need a testicle removed. You post it on Craigslist. I'm going to be in the motel. You turn up with the nail clippers when a bag of ice and we'll be good to go. Well, he had been suffering for years after being kicked in the groin by a horse. Police. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> Why the only is that, that funny? Because I've got dementia. <laughs> I'm laughing because it didn't happen to me. Oh, well, there you go. Please. Any man who gets a shot in the pills, other men will laugh because it's not <laughs> happening to them. Police became aware of the case in June when the man attended a hospital after the wound. He suffered. It's a suffering wound. This was the only wanton you got in your soup, wasn't it? Oh, God. And that didn't have any meat in it either. <laughs> or carrot. Well, if you want some <laughs> carrot. <laughs> well, it became... a infected oh of course because oh, they use proper medical equipment yes. didn't they? officers raided matthew's home and seized medical equipment firearms and four bottles of what they suspected to be amyl nitrate good old know. amyl nitrate poppers amyl. <laughs> they loosen you up to poppers <laughs> they smell of cheesy feet if you go to a nightclub and you're smelling cheesy feet that's people doing amyl nitrate that's poppers uh, what apparently that's what i was told <laughs> It just loosens you up a little bit. It's a muscle relaxant is what it is. Really? It allows for easy access. How do you know these things? What else has the story got in there? (laughs) Prosecutors allege that Matthews was not authorized. He wasn't authorized to perform such a procedure. What a surprise. And he wasn't qualified either. Just like us. (laughs) And he wasn't registered. Just like us. a medical practitioner. Would you like one of your... Testicles removed? No, I wouldn't. (laughs) Idiot's guide (laughs) to testicle removal. What not to do on a radio show. What? A live (laughs) orchidectomy on air. That's right. Idiot's guide to orchidectomy. Yes. Yes, that's not going to happen. Yes. No, it's not. No, that's not going to... I'm sure I would notice. I At some point... What are you doing down there? What are you fiddling with? Oh. Did you drink the bacon soda tonight? Oh. You didn't <laughs> slip me a roofie, did you? <laughs> the last thing I'd want is two women taking advantage of me. That would be terrible. Oh, no. Oh, no. With my reputation. <laughs> what are they thinking? <laughs> Michelle, what have you got for me in the round of Not For Your Mother? Oh, I have a woman charged with using her backyard chicken coop as a brothel. A backyard 
chicken coop. I've seen your backyard chicken coop. Yeah. Oh. As, it's nice. So That's... There's people being laid. Oh, I was going to do that. Uh, you're not quick enough. I'm on the money. You're not quick enough. Unlucky. I'm getting the point. You've got to be quick or dead on this show, madam. <laughs> Testicle. <laughs> And that's Heather's Tourette's. <laughs> At some point during tomorrow, you have to go up to a random person and just say, testicle. I'll do it. I know you will. It worries me greatly. You're a complete fruitcake. You're a mad woman. Damn. Oh, after allegedly spending a lot of time behind chicken wire, a 27-year-old Wisconsin woman could be spending time behind bars. You knew. It was Wisconsin. Wisconsin! I lived in Wisconsin. Fabulous. Oh, she lived in Wisconsin. 15 years. 15 years. So you got this through osmosis more than anything. Yeah, Yeah, I think I know this lady. (laughs) (laughs) How how is your mother? (laughs) After being charged with three counts of prostitution for performing sexual acts for money out of a chicken coop on her property. It's going to take a while for Yay. that egg to come out. Oh. That's terrible. She always gets a little pecker. I'll show you the best time. Come with me. I've got a chicken coop to show you. There's an egg. Look at that egg down there. Bend down there. Look at that egg right at the bottom there. Can you see it? Right on the bottom shelf, there's an egg. Just you bend down for me. Pick up that egg. Right there. You've got it. That's the one. Controversial. That's the best $10 I've ever spent. Wow. According to local news outlet Fox 9, Polk County Police began receiving complaints that Sarah Braidhoft was involved in prostitution. Police had been on Braidhoft's tail for a while. She was fencing chickens. Oh. Even arranging for an undercover officer to respond to an ad on Backpage to There's set up a, a meeting with her. There's a Backpage? We're learning a lot tonight, aren't we? I don't know we? a Backpage. I think it's like Craigslist, but it involves... Creepier stuff? Creepier. Creepier. Dark, the darker, darker things in life, yeah. With enough red flags to obtain a search warrant, police interviewed Braidhoff at her house. And there she confessed that she had been using the chicken coop on her property as a place to exchange sexual acts for money with five clients because she... Ready? Here we go. Needed money to get back to Florida. Yay! Florida! Woo! Florida! If I lived in Wisconsin, I would be taking strangers into a chicken coop to raise money to leave the state. You can kind of see why now. You can. It all I'm becomes not that clear. mad at her. I don't understand why if they go to her property, they have to go to the chicken coop. Well, what's Yeah, what's wrong with the house? That's right. What's wrong with the good old-fashioned kitchen? Maybe the chickens are in the house. I don't know. Uh, there are more questions than answers. Miss Morris, you have one last story in the round of Not For Your Mother. You have the cheeky glint in your eye. You have the smile. You have the effervescent glow of a woman who's got a willy story. Well, I'm going to make you very sad. Oh no, it's not the other testicle. Your order's not coming in this week. My order? Mm -mm. I did put an order in and they said they'd get it to me within two or three days. The FedEx man, I've been waiting by the window every day for the FedEx man to bring that box up the steps. Do you want to hear what happened to your order? I'd be interested to know. I spent money on that. It cost I me know. a fortune. And I they know. said they'd get it to me within two or three days. I know. I've been waiting every morning for the postman. Border officials in southern Ontario seized close to a thousand packages of male enhancement pills hidden in a van at the border crossing. Yay. Last month. Border pills! <laughs> the 
they're just not they're just not mine, man. It's it's just it's not my bag, baby. Well, it's they, just not mine. They said the driver could be facing a stiff penalty. <gasps> uh, uh, are they looking for some hardened criminals? <laughs> they were just trying to get ahead in life. Oh. <laughs> and relax. <laughs> The Canada Border Services Agency said officers and a detector dog team located boxes of the medication inside the walls of a van at the Peace Bridge border crossing between Buffalo, New York and Fort Erie, Ontario on June 18th. So they didn't fully penetrate the buffalo then? (laughs) God. I Uh, never thought in the history of broadcasting I would ever say a sentence that would be they never fully penetrated the buffalo then. That is a unique statement to make. I bet that's never been said in the history of broadcasting anywhere in the world. We are breaking new ground. Yeah. These are things that have never been said before. There's reasons. There's reasons as well. Oh, my <laughs> God. <laughs> the Canadian driver whose name was not released. I swallowed a Maui enhancement pill once and it got stuck in my throat oh. and had a stiff neck oh, for a week. Oh, my God. It's there. You'd be disappointed if I never said it. There would be people no, out there no, thinking, why I don't really you say wouldn't. that, Adrian? We're upset. waiting for you to say it. Stop all, talking. Ever. I'm trying to get some points. <laughs> <laughs> it's like well, being married, for Christ's sake. He was arrested at the scene after officials said 45 boxes. What, five of them were yours? That's a week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Containing 994 individual packages of pills were seized. God, if you took the whole lot in one go, it'd have have its own zip code, wouldn't it, at that point? (laughs) What's worse than waking up in the morning with a penis drawn on your forehead? Waking up in the morning with a tracing of a penis on your forehead? (laughs) Oh. Anyone with information about suspicious cross-border activity is encouraged to call... The CBSA Border Watch toll-free at 888-502-9060 or 1-800-GET-IT-UP. Okay, oh, memorable. Just kidding. Just kidding. Oh. <laughs> I was making... I had me pain in the end. I'm making notes. I feel bad for that dog. <laughs> There's many, many a person in Wisconsin's woken up on a Saturday morning and uttered those very words. <laughs> We've lost at least three listeners tonight. Do you know I that? I know. We were getting so close. I'm I never going to be able to go back to Eau Claire now. I've ruined it for myself. The people of Baldwin aren't going to talk to me anymore. We can't go to Canada. I was planning on going to Superior this summer. That's now chalked off it's the list. Done. Yeah. Places we can't visit. Oh. Ohio's off the list as well. Yeah. I won't be able to go anywhere soon. Lithuania. I won't even be able to penetrate Buffalo. Shocking oh. state of affairs. You know the problem with your dealer? Okay. He has a lot of stiff competition. <gasps> nice it was there it was well all good things come to an end so let us look at tonight's scores in last place with the k2 meter and the dead battery it is myself who only scored six points that's never happened before in the history of the game but in resplendent first place with the 33 thousand dollar ir cameras michelle and heather are both tied for seven so you're gonna have to fight for that outside and i'll grab a video camera do not fear, listeners. Remember, we are back with a whole new bunch of foods to feed Michelle next week at the same time. And I would love for you to join me as she vomits quietly in the corner and all over the carpet. <laughs> we are going to enter the world of the paranormal, strange, intriguing, bizarre and weird. Please tell your friends and family about the show, especially if they have dementia. And feel free to contact me anytime via my Facebook site. More questions and answers with Adrian Lee. 
or you can add me to your Twitter account at Adrian underscore Lee underscore tips. And remember, we now do a round called Not For Your Mother that we can't put out live on air, but you can access us on our SoundCloud site. If you look for more questions and answers, there's an extra 20 to 25 minutes. My gratitude and greatest thanks are extended to Michelle Corey, Lorna Hunter, Heather Morris, Shaton Drainer, and all of the International Paranormal Society in paranormal.net, and all of the show's sponsors, including the Lakes Area, Paranormal Interest Group, and MUFON of Minnesota. It just remains for me to say thank you for listening, and remember, be interested, 